Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by this message. For more information about Metro Church, visit our website at metrochurch.org.au. course, in importance or priority, it's the most important thing. It's the most important thing. Has anyone heard of uh, an old gentleman? I believe he's passed away now, but I do. I actually know someone who's still living who used to work with him, which is a great privilege. And his name's Abraham Maslow. Who's heard of the Maslow's hierarchy of needs? It's a triangle. Talks about you need food, safety, shelter, you know, relationship, yeah, connection, self-actualization, all that stuff. Okay, so Maslow was a, a humanistic psychologist in the 40s to the 60s. And he coined this phrase called peak experiences, which uh, modern psychologists talk a lot more about as well. Peak experiences, which is that moment of awe, ecstasy, or sudden insight into life, which is a powerful unity transcending space, time, and self. And often that that amazing moment that helps define us, and and we always go back to that moment, is that visceral feeling of, oh, that was something that really changed my life. It defined my life or it cha- yeah, impacted my life. Often it's the first thing, first time we did that thing. So as you reflect back, maybe you can think of something the first time you did something. First time you saw a, a live elephant. You know? First time you went to church. For me, I got a, here's a couple of, of mine I'll just take you on. I, I was going to have photos, but I thought that's a little bit, sort of a little bit self-indulgent. So just, you can picture your own photos, but the, I, I can clearly remember these moments. The first time I swam across, across the, uh, the pool, like from one side to the other, man, I thought I was, a, I was a giant. I went back to the hotel I did that at years later, and it wasn't the length of the pool, it was just sideways across the pool. It's like about three metres, I thought, oh. And I, at the time, I thought, oh, I'm huge, I can swim, swim the English Channel. It's about three metres, but it, it was a big deal. First time I uh, rode my bike without the trainer wheels, you know? It was a, Mal- it was a Malvin, uh, Malvin Star dragster. Had the big handlebars, but it had the, it had the training wheels. Dad took the training wheels off, and I was off down the road, down the gravel road. Pretty scary, but definitely remember it. Big, big deal. First time I drove a tractor, and last time I drove a tractor. No, I was pretty good at tractor. Pretty good at tractor. It's actually interesting. I, I have to refute something that Pastor, Pastor Jeff often he refers to. I've got to, maybe things have changed with the, the technology of GPS. But anyhow, uh, Pastor Jeff's mentioned about when you're, when, you're, when you're driving for something, you always aim for something. You don't look behind. You always look ahead. You aim for something. Well, actually, no. When you're scarifying, you actually do look behind. You make sure that back wheel is still sitting in the fora. You know, when you're, you're, oh, you're still there. Yeah. yeah, so there you go. Pastor Jeff, shout out to the... Yeah. While the boss is away. <laughs> oh, so that was a scary experience because my tractor uh, ended up going towards someone's house. I jumped off and Dad had to stop it before it went through the front lounge room. That was... First time I sang in public, there's a photo of me with little, little shorts on, nervously halt, clutching a microphone and singing This Is The Day or something like that at the age of about seven or eight. Um, first time I dated a girl. And, and, and last time I dated a girl. That was another one of those first and last because, uh, I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd sort of, I'd had little girlfriends, but really, they were my girlfriend, but I wasn't their boyfriend, if you know what I mean. <laughs> I'm in love. Yeah, but you need two people to have a relationship, Michael. Uh, but with Linda, there was, there was reciprocation after months and months of fighting and, and, and uh, trying to get her attention. But I ended up dating Linda, and that leads me to segue into the, my next point, which is that before we actually dated, uh, I had to go to Ayers Rock, 
uh, um, Uluru. Uh, but there's a little campsite there, a little community called Yulara, right in the middle of Australia. You know, the Sheraton Hotel group thought, where can we put a five-star hotel? You know, let's put it right in the middle of the most arid, isolated, you know, harsh environment in the world. Bang. And there I was uh, at the age of 18, playing for all the, the movie stars and uh, actors. And I remember having some good chats with uh, Stuart Wagstaff and Alice Cooper. And uh, I, was on, I was part of the shoot for The Perfect Match. Remember the TV show The Perfect Match with Greg Evans and all the guys? Well, I was there with the, hanging out with the cast and trying to do my... But, but while I was at this Airs Rock performing, that was the first time I'd been on an aeroplane, by the way. But in order to go out with Linda and actually have that first proper relationship, she wouldn't let me hold hands until I came back from Airs Rock. So it was a long six weeks. So no touching till I came back. And when I came back, it was another six months before I passed my probation and could hold hands. And even then, it was just to hold hands to agree in prayer. You know, it was a very, it was a very platonic spiritual relationship. It still is. And <laughs> oh, see, that's why I should stick to the piano. <laughs> Are you, is Linda here, by the way? Oh, she's, oh, she is. <laughs> okay, so it was a big, big moment. And you probably think of moments where your first time you did something that was really impacting. And also those things, those part of your life where you feel like that's really important to me and it'll always be re really important to me. The, in that six weeks at the Sheraton Hotel, uh, amongst the sunbaking by the pool, climbing Uluru uh, twice or three times, I think, which you can't do anymore, uh, gigging, hanging out with these people, feeding the phone box for my nightly call with 20-cent bits. Hang on, hang on, a few more credits. Okay, I've run out of coins. You say hello. No, you say hello. I mean, you say goodbye. No, you say goodbye first. You say goodbye. We used to wait for the money to run out. Uh, that tells you how long ago it was. Um, but I also had this tape uh, series with a little Sony Walkman. And uh, under the age of 30, that's when we used to have these things called cassette tapes, when real music existed. It was put onto tapes. And I had this tape series by Pastor Les Garrett. Because uh, Linda was at Bible College at the time, and she was always inspiring me about learning and leaning into the things of God, the things of the Spirit. And I was fascinated with this tape series. It was called The Will of God, How to Understand the Will of God. So I'm out there, you know, in the middle of the desert. Movie stars are doing bombies, and I'm, I'm on the side of the pool with my Walkman listening to things about the will of God. And I, I recall back then, this is like 36, 37 years ago, I recall the absurdity the absolute absurdity of people not wanting to inquire of their designer, their creator, their saviour, their father, as to their purpose. Why wouldn't people want to find out what their life is meant to be? Why wouldn't they go to the source? People are running around trying to find how to live their life, but they're not asking the one person who actually created you and knows you better than anyone. I could never work that out. And, of course, man does what is right in his own eyes. The book of Judges says that every man just does what is right in his own eyes. We are our own God. We are our own determinant of our future. Now, I believe in autonomy and to live an autotelic life, which means you get to have your own volition. You get to choose. God gives us choice. It's a gift from God. It's a scary thing. If I was God, I wouldn't give people a choice. It's like, this is what you do. That's it. Bang. Um, God's not like that. He gives us this thing called choice. But people use that to think, well, okay, I'm gonna, I think I know better. I mean, a man has gone his own way.
There's a way that seems right unto man, the Bible says, but the way thereof leads to death. And of course, you know, God's thinking, I created these people, I created my children, I've shown them the way, I won't make them go this way, but I'll put a huge roadblock, I'll put a huge, big, uh, you know, massive wall to stop people sliding into destruction, and that was called his son, Jesus Christ. Yet people will find a way of, no, I'm going to climb over the wall and do my own thing anyway. So 35 years later, I observed the increase in this personal independence to to live a life aside from God. People living their own truth, relativism. And perhaps even in the church, it's crept in a little bit, where we believe in God. We've settled that there is a need for salvation. God, I need your help. You're my saviour. Thank you. And there's that... Grace, saved by um, grace through faith. So it's God's grace that makes salvation available, but it's our faith to choose him that grants us the opportunity to, to live forever. What an awesome thing. So it's God's gift. We can't earn it, but we can receive it or reject it. So we have this, but the church then still considers itself that now we have this capacity to live a life where we want him to make us happy. It's about us. Thank you, Lord, for what you did for me. Now, I want to live my life. And can you, can you please help me live this life really well so I can enjoy it? Because after all, you gave, your, you gave everything for me. So I want this. And it's like we've, we've still got it wrong. When, Bible, when the Bible says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, it's not saying feel in love with him or think that his ways are better than the, the world's ways. It literally means to do everything that pleases him. It means to lay our life down for him as he, as he did us, to put him first, put him first. And so the book of John talks about that in chapter 6, verse 29. The book of John, he heralds a, a clear and present call for us to believe. This is the work of God. So if you want to do something, say, okay, what's my homework, Michael? The work of God for all of us is that we believe in him whom he sent. So we believe in Jesus. Okay, we believe in him. Great. What's our next step? John chapter 5, verse 19. I should have worn my glasses. I'm going to go to the big screen. (laughs) Then Jesus answered and said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself but what he sees the Father do. For whatever he does, the Son also does in like manner. It's almost like Jesus didn't make a move without seeing, uh, inquiring of his Father. We like we make our moves, get halfway down the track and go, oh, God, can you help us out with this? I'm having a bit of trouble. It's like, no, Jesus only did that which he saw his father do. In fact, he even said, Father, unless, I mean, Moses said this as well, to his credit, unless you go with us, I'm not going anywhere. We get out of bed, get into our life, and then the halfway, we get a bit stressed and go, oh, I'll call a friend, phone a friend, then we phone another friend, and then they're no good. And then we go, oh, God, can you help? You reckon you could do something? That's not first, right? That's down the, down the line. That's not first in priority, sequence, or time. Let's go to the next scripture. John chapter 5, verse 30. It's giving me an idea for my next music morning. Elton and the book of John. It's, it's, it's coming. It's coming. I can do nothing of myself. As I hear, I judge, and my judgment is righteous because I do not seek my own will. Everyone say, own will. Say it louder. Own will. All right. So you're, I, but we don't seek that. But I seek the will of the Father who sent me. And this is Jesus. Of all people who think, you know, he tasted heaven, been in heaven, created us, knew everything. 
But he, st- he didn't, didn't rest on that. He just said, Father, this is the way. I must obey you. I, I, I serve at your pleasure. I serve at your will. And the last scripture from John, I think it's uh, 6.38. For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. There's a great old Keith Green song. It's, uh, it's beautiful. This is back in the age of tapes. So, again, tapes. I want to be more like Jesus. But the singularly most important aspect of being like Jesus is actually putting the Father first. So if you want to live a life like Jesus, you look at what Jesus did. He put the Father first. Are you putting the Father first in your life? I know he's an important part of your life if you've received him. Maybe you don't even, maybe you feel like, oh, the Father's a long way away. God's still a long way away. Then obviously there's a, there's a space to be like Jesus. The Father is going to become more than just someone we turn to at Christmas or Easter. So where have we gone wrong? We've added God into our construct. We've included him in our list of occasionally wanting to attach some spirituality to our journey or to feel inspired. Maybe even church, is that, is that for you? Yeah, I'll go to church. That's a good thing to do. And it is a good thing to do. It's absolutely a good thing. All the things that we do, that people say, oh, that's not enough. Well, it's never going to be enough. But we do it because we love to be in the presence of God and we love, love him. But I want to challenge us that perhaps there's an area in our life, each of our lives, that we need to say, looking, putting God first in this area of my life will cause things to look a lot different. With my money, with the way I handle conflict, with my personal habits and thought life, with my direction and goals and just sense of who I am, God is not first. I'm, I'm going to say this unequivocally, is the fact that peace comes from knowing the Prince of Peace. It doesn't come from everything working out. So if there's not peace in your heart, the Bible says this, if there is not the love of God abiding and ruling in our heart, there is torment. But the love of God, the perfect love of God, casts out torment, casts out fear. The peace of God passes understanding bypasses the the problem and grants us this incredible sense of effability and and grace and hope. But it's because we put Jesus first. So if I was to ask you or someone was to come up to you at the end of the service and uh, maybe at the the door of the church, you're walking along and someone's there with a a vox pop, you know, doing some interviews of what what the modern person in Perth thinks about, you know, the philosophy of life and their beliefs, so, and they ask you, what's the most important thing in your life? You might say something like, oh, oh it's, it's uh, my wife or my family, my kids. You might even say my church or my faith. But I want to challenge us this morning. Would our answer be the most important thing in our life is the principles by which we lead our life? You know, the theology, the ideals, the values, because we know it's the right thing. Or perhaps it's a practice, what we do is the most important thing. I want to live a good life. That's what's most important to me. Love my kids. Leave a legacy. Make a difference. Okay. There's another P. What have I missed out? We've got principle, the principles of our life, the practices of our life. We're missing a very important P. Oh, look at this. Front row, just rocking it here. Person. It has to be a person. God, love the Lord. What's the number one commandment? You know, live a good life. Uh, try hard. Be honorable. Don't muck up too much. You know, don't hold hands before you're married. Don't get on tractors you don't know how to drive. No, it's put 
Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, strength. And so the person, the person of Jesus Christ, is the most important thing, number one. Our faith is important. It speaks to this philosophical position and uh, an ideology where we make sense of life. And, of course, it's where we come to God and get to, can start to get to know him. It's impossible to come to God but that he believes. You must believe that he is. No point coming to God and going, oh, there's something out there, but I'll pray this prayer. You've got to go, there's a person there. I, I sense there's someone that made me. I know there is a God, but I don't know him yet. Can I please know him? And this morning, if you don't know Jesus, there's not some big, long textbook. This is a book of life, but it's not about reading that. It's about receiving the spirit of it, which is that the fact it says that you are special, that you are created for a purpose, and Jesus wants to go on that journey with you to show you his love and grace and forgiveness just by saying yes to him. So what does it mean to put him first? Uh, liken it like a marriage. Um, we believe in the institution of marriage, which is why, you know, I guess there's a lot of protection around that and, and, and making sure we do that well. But I can believe in this institution, that this, the collaborative merits of this arranged and uh, bona fide, legalised relationship, this partnership, is really good. But that doesn't mean that I am actually actively adoring, loving, preferring and protecting my wife, does it? I can believe in marriage. Marriage is really important. I can do teaching series on it. But if I go home and I'm cranky and disrespectful and rude to my wife, perhaps that's the equivalent. We believe in God. We, we like his ways. But we're not doing everything we can to put him first. We don't want to spend that much time with him. Or when he speaks to us, we go, oh, not yet, God. I'm going to do my own thing. But that's what we're doing to our spouse. So how do, we, how do we put God first? Here we go. Top Gun. Cue the music. Why way to the danger zone? I feel the need. For speed, yeah. Top Gun. So T-O-P obviously, you know what it stands for? And if you were listening before, what does it mean to put someone first? What's, what does first mean? First in time, order. Priority. Is that, is, that, is that Ruby back there? Look at that. Look at that. Congratulations, Ruby, too. She's engaged. Awesome. Awesome. Time, order, priority, and, of course, gun. I had to think of an acronym for gun. Uh, gun is God's universal necessity. You've got to put him first. You like that? You've got to put him first. So how do we do this? How do we do this? Number one, time. Uh, I love this scripture. David said, your, your word have I hid in my heart that I don't sin against you. If we're not making time, and then I've, I'm feeling very convicted here, as probably a lot of you are, um, it doesn't happen by osmosis, you know, just, oh, I see the Bible, I believe in the Bible, I like the Bible. You've got to get time to get this in here, and it, it literally just takes time. Uh, so <laughs> I can't be more practical than that. You find a space that works for you, but... His word, Jesus is his word. Jesus, the man Jesus who walked around, was literally the word, this, which was there before the foundation of the world. It's what created the world. It's why by all things exist. Jesus walking around was this with skin on. That's, that's as, as concrete and real as it is. So if we, don't, we want to get to know the man Jesus, the son of man, the son of God, we've got to know his word. We've got to make time for that. What else can we do? Well, daily altar. Have a space where there's prayer, repentance, and realignment of our heart and our agendas so that we want to be more like him. I think the greatest thing I could have on my uh, epitaph, on my headstone, 
You know, you sort of, does anybody ever think about that? What they want to have written on that? You, you want them to spell your name right first, right? Spell the name right. Imagine getting there, it's M-I-C-H-E-A-L. I, I will come back and correct it, by the way. Uh, about as big, yeah, 1967 to 2067. 100, made the, made the 100. Um, you know, I would just want written on there, like Jesus, like his name said, you know, like God. Michael means like God, gift of God. Not to accomplish things or achieve things or be better than someone or be, have a, a fame associated with an accomplishment. Although those things, they're wonderful things. But I just want to be like Jesus. Order. What do we put ahead of God at the moment? What do you mean, Michael? What do you mean? Well, God's, God's number one. Okay, but you know there's something that gets your affection, your attention more than it should. For me, it's uh, Facebook sort of stuff. And Linda's going, finally, you listen to me. I told you to get off that thing. <laughs> can God use that sound? I guess he can. The Lord used, I'm not, we'd be very careful now, doesn't it? The instruments that the Lord used to direct people, you know. Can he use a nagging wife? I guess he can. <laughs> Whoa. Good thing she's a long way away back there. No, but she's right. She's absolutely right. Because I get, I get drawn into this, um, you know, theo-philosophical, uh, you know, ontological debates about reality and about politics and about apologetics. I just get really brought into it. I end up getting really stirred up. And I think, hang on, that's not, even though it might be centred around some Christian value or around, you know, a political position, it's actually not the word of God. So I've made a deal with God. Have you got a scripture, scripture for that, Michael? No, I'm, just, I'm not. That's not. This is me just saying, Lord, I'm going to do my best with your help. You know, I believe, but help my unbelief. Is whatever time I spend looking at things that are not. They're not harmful. They're not bad, but they're, they're definitely not like healthy in terms of building my spirit to a place of um, hope and productivity. It's more just. It's titillating to your your brain and you, you know your way you think. So I thought, no, I need to just make sure I balance that. So I, whatever I spend on Facebook, I spend in the Word of God. You know, isn't that spiritual? Hey, that's spiritual. See, Pastor Michael reads the Word as much as he's on Facebook. Oh, that's good stuff. It doesn't sound real good, does it? Doesn't. But for me, it's the step. What's your step of rebuilding a paradigm of what constitutes success? In other words, I'm. It's more important for me to treat my my uh, my employees on my team with grace than me having a name or a reputation for our company or our organisation that's it's all sort of it's perfect and wonderful. You know what? The means doesn't justify the end. I'm going to be like Jesus and the fruit, I'll let God decide what that's going to be. That's a big shift in your order, isn't it? It's shifting the order of your priorities. What would Jesus do? Remember the old what would Jesus do things? Yeah. Um, they're, they're a good thing. I think we should bring that back. What would Jesus do? Finally, the priority. What am I prepared to give up to put God first? What am I prepared to pay for? Like some, uh, God's asked me just recently to, to, to make uh, you know, sacrifices or a gift to someone or something. And I thought, oh, God, you know, you know I love you. You know I love you, and, and, but I need this. And, but it's almost like, no, I want to put first, even if I'm wrong, like sometimes you give people to, uh, money to people on the street, you think, oh, maybe there's, you know, there's a sociological argument for not doing that and 
blah, 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 sets up a precedent and did, did not really helping them. I thought, I'm just going to be obedient to the Holy Spirit. You know, we, we say we're Christians, but we sort of, sort of, we just keep the Holy Spirit at bay. But he's trying to talk to us every day. What's the Holy Spirit saying to you? Be, let him be the first person you listen to. And you wake up in the morning. Morning, Holy Spirit. What do you want to teach me today? What's something I can do to be a blessing today? Thank you for your grace today. Thank you for the victory today. He's the number one priority. And just before I sing a song, um, the ushers are going to get ready just a moment to serve as communion, and we're going to close with communion and a song. But I really feel like God wants to heal the church, wants to heal us. Here in November, November 20, 2022, heal us of any idolatry that might be in our hearts. When I say idolatry, it's I. Idolatry. People are unhappy because idolatry promises them things, promises them things that they're it can never satisfy. It's robbing us of the joy that comes from active and passionate allegiance to our Saviour, Creator, and Father. Idolatry is when something takes the place of importance besides God in these areas. We'll just do a little list for you. Take a look at these areas. It's when something takes the place or importance beside God in our attention, our focus, okay? We just focus on everything but God, our affections, our aspirations, our allegiance, you know, our loyalty to what we're really tethered to, and even alleviation. Where do we get our stress relief or our, our guilt release from? It needs to be first and foremost in Jesus. And so the antidote, I believe, in putting God first in every decision, every hope, every aspiration, every plan, every activity, God first I believe it's not a hierarchical thing where, you know, God first and then family second or work. It's God, 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 God. God, you're first in everything. He'll make what you do on the football field work better. He'll make what you do when you're trying to find parking better. God is just everything and in everything. And our devotion is not just capsulated or compartmentalized to a 20-minute worship service, but our devotion is every day saying, Jesus, I choose you. I worship you. And so as the, uh, thank you for the ushers, they're going to receive, uh, sorry, pass out rather, the elements. I'd love to sing this song for you. It's called First. Uh, I want you just to reflect on maybe these areas in your life that you say, God, I'm going to put you first in that area. Maybe it's in the area of relationships or just literally spending time with Jesus or giving over things in your heart. Your word, my daily bread, it calls to me. Spending time with you is all I seek. Your never-ending love, each second chance. To live the spirit life renewed again We put you first No one else can take your place You're the Alpha Omega Our Savior We put you first Ever trusting in your grace As we live and we serve at the pleasure, the pleasure of the King.
I felt your peace now I want nothing less One touch from you it triggers in my soul An avalanche of hope that makes me whole And we put you first No one else can take your place You're the Alpha, Omega, our Savior We put you first It has been thinking by your grace As we live and we serve at the pleasure The pleasure of the King Who fights for me to win No more waiting for perfection I'm all in with full affection You're the glory and the lifter of my head Laying down on my agendas Here I stand, my will surrender You're the Lord of hosts Who fights for me to win And we put you first No one else can take your place You're the Alpha, Omega, our Savior We put you first As we're trusting in your grace As we live and we serve at the pleasure The pleasure of the King Lord, we thank you. Thank you. I guess it's a bit hard to clap with uh, things in your hand, but our audience today is, is Jesus. He's the one that has called us. He's given his life for us already but he continues to come and knock on the door of our heart would you let me into that area of your life would you let me into that area of your emotions would you let me into that area of your spirit that just I just want to come and, and breathe freshness and, and vitality and, and inspiration into you but you're letting the things of the world the cares of the world the Bible says can actually, can actually uh, entangle the, the word can entangle our spirit to, to make it tight and almost feel like God's a long way away but he's not he's closer than a brother and he's, he breathes and he speaks and he comes to you right now Father we right now just thank you for who you are you're the most important person we put you first 
You're not just a belief system. You're a person. And we love you, Jesus. We thank you for your beautiful presence and your heart for us. Can we just right now, just as we take the bread, let's, let's receive Jesus into our hearts to strengthen us. His word, his life to us. His word creates an avalanche of, of hope in our lives. Thank you, Father. Just receive that right now. Thank you, Lord. And as we drink together, we just thank you that we thank God that his, his precious blood, you know, he spilled it. What else can he do? But he's done that for us. If he does that, it means he's also waiting to pour in that forgiveness. The forgiveness of sin is just one breath away, one acknowledgement. But we need to repent. We do need to confess our sins. So, Lord, we just confess today our sin to you. Lord, when we've done things that have not put you first, or we've done things that are actually in rebellion to you, Lord, we repent from that. And we ask you to forgive us, and we thank you. We run in and receive that forgiveness as we take and drink together. Let's drink together. Thank you. as our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed I'd just love to pray as we do every week perhaps you're here in the building or perhaps I'm watching online and, and you know you're not walking with God you know that God's a, a long way away He's not a long way away but you feel like He is because there's things that have been clogging up your heart maybe something's happened to you that's just made you feel like I can't trust God I can't trust anyone but you can feel today you can feel hope you feel like you know what that sounds right. That sounds true. That's what I need. If you'd like to say yes to Jesus and say, yes, Jesus, I put you first in my life. I acknowledge you as my Savior and I want to live with you in my heart, not on the outside as a part of my life, but I want to give my whole life to you. If that's you this morning, either in the building online, would you raise your hand and say, I say yes to you, Jesus. I receive you this morning. God bless you. Thank you, sir. If you're online... Looking to, and, and looking at the top, the top is one of our wonderful balcony people. If you just want to respond to God, maybe you've not done that formally, I'd love to pray for you to include you in this prayer. It's the last time I'm asking. If you're at home and you say, you know what, I just need to go all in. I've given God part of my heart, but I want to give Him all of my heart. It's called being born again. Not partially born again, not just a bit of inspiration, but literally a, a new creature. You become new and you get to follow this destiny with God in His purposes, with His Word every step of the way. I'm going to pray for you right now to, to join with a wonderful friend down the, down the bottom here. Say this prayer after me and those around you will just say it as well to reaffirm their faith and to encourage you. Just repeat after me. Dear Jesus, I thank you for your love for me, the greatest thing I've ever known. Thank you, Lord, that I believe in you because you've given me the capacity to believe in you. So right now, Jesus, I ask you to come into my life to save me, to set me free, to make me whole, to make me new. And I thank you, Lord, as I put you first, I will know peace, I will know your joy, and I'll know that you are with me forever. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If, um, if you want to get more information about, about what it means to say yes to Jesus, which some of you just did, you know, and some of you may be still thinking about it. Yeah, I need to do that. I need to go all in. It's very simple. You can just simply use your phone to help you connect with, with God, with heaven, and uh, with us here at Metro Church. So the yes text is 0488 826392. If you just text those three letters, 
Y-E-S, which stands for Your Eternity Secure. If you, if you send that in or just email it for another part of the world, yes.metrochurch.org.au. We'll actually send you some great scriptures every day to encourage you in your walk. You've heard of horoscopes. This isn't a horoscope where you find out what's going to happen today. It's a holy scope where you get to find out how to live that great life with God as you put Him first. And so God bless you. Let's keep God number one on top. Be a top gun for Jesus. Pass your, um, your cups on the end and our wonderful ushers and hosts will collect them from us. God bless you. I'm going to hand back to Nikki as we close the service. Have an awesome, awesome day. Thanks, Metro Church. Thank you.